0: Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire Demasquerade live-play podcast. I am Savanya Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. While the Bruja fought their own battle, the Coterie faced down two sets of enemies driving into town. Everett crumpled his car but continued to fight, giving Doris the opportunity to compel their targets to shoot each other and then themselves. On the other side of Main Street, Val crashed into the SUV and leapt inside to attack within, while Evangeline kept her distance and killed the enemies without. But will their victory subdue the Notte Nostra? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here.
1: The battle is over. And you all discover that despite your injuries and despite the incredible violence that it took, uh, you've succeeded. The sheriff's department has survived. There have been no casualties and there were no casualties amongst the Bruja. Though when you get to their street, it looks like Mad Max. There are just firebombs all over the place. It's still flaming. The barricades are out and they have more than 40 corpses uh, spread along oh, the road wow. around them that were part of a very large gun battle that ended not in the favor of the criminals who had stormed into new Haven, the Bruja celebrate. They all just fuck off and go to the Nosferatu district to have a party. (laughs) And you are left for the rest of the night to supervise the teams that are doing cleanup, to make sure that the reports are made to make sure that all of that is happening before you return to the station. Um, or or your various homes, I guess. Three of you live in the station currently. Evangeline, you go home, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you all rest. The following night, when you wake up, Evangeline, you wake up next to a very hungover uh, spouse who is still feeling it after that that festival. But he he's got a snack for you. He brought you your your blood, and he's just like, "How are you doing?" I hope the festival was fun. He can't even open his eyes. He's just standing over you, <laughs> eyes closed, having brought you a snack.
2: Uh,
3: yeah the the festival festival was great, and no one on our side got hurt. So,
1: wait, what? Whose
4: side festival?
3: Oh no! No, no one got hurt at the festival.
4: That oh, I'm aware of. Good. I'm glad nobody got hurt. Can I get you anything else?
3: Uh, you should. Evangeline's like, nah, I don't have, she doesn't have to, like, tell him about what went down. He's having a time, so. Uh,
1: and you had him drive home early, so he is unaware. He didn't even hear the snake song.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, tragic. Aww. So he can hear all about it from someone else. <laughs> So she's like, "You just honestly like look after yourself, okay?"
1: Okay, that sounds nice. Can, can uh, I
3: get anything for you? Like,
1: oh God, no! Uh, it's time. Make it <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So Teddy just collapses face down on the bed next to you, and he's already snoring. So yeah, you can get yourself ready, get yourself geared up, grab Percy. And then you've got to drive yourself to work uh, because Val is staying at the office. Have you taken a squad car? Are you and Teddy doing a trade-off with the vehicle now? What, what is your, your plan there? Oh,
3: that's a good question. Uh, it would have to, I'd have to take a, a squad car.
1: Great. So you're driving yeah. a squad car to work. Percy is Weird. in the back seat in the wheel well as he likes. What kind of music do you listen to when Val is not choosing the radio tunes in the squad car?
3: Uh <laughs> Evangeline listens to uh I think she's gone back to like some of her like comfort music. Like for a while it was like a lot of like angry feminist music after she got like embraced just cuz she was pissed and needed that kind of outlet <laughs> to just like scream the lyrics in her car alone um uh she may have listened to this before but uh she's going back to R E M automatic for the people just <laughs> it's it's her comfort cd it's a cd
1: Nice. So now we know two things: you own that CD, and the squad cars have CD players in them. Yep. they are yep. definitely older vehicles. Yeah, uh, and you are driving to work. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the station, Doris, you have woken up. You hmm. know, you're 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 still covered in wounds. Uh, how many points of aggravated damage did you end up with after that battle? Seven. <sighs> Wait, aggravated damage was seven?
5: Oh, sorry. No, I had no aggravated damage. Just <laughs> no
1: aggravated sure. damage. Okay. So they've requested some additional blood for you. Right now, the wounds have closed over, but they need an extra delivery to come in. Great. Uh, and then, basically, you can heal one uh, superficial damage per rouse check, which is why the station is just a little low on okay. Vitae right now, that it's specifically consensual Vitae. so. They've got to get that in for you, but it should be in later this morning. Uh, However, you've got your time to kind of putter around and do experiments. Uh, You had said that you wanted to do work on, I think it was to research to calm Everett's blood is one thing that you wanted to work on in general. The idea of making him frenzy less often.
5: Oh yeah. Uh, Right.
1: And you also have a card with the pyramid and chains on it that you had claimed from Dylan Zane during your magical exchange at the friendship festival. (laughs) Which I think, to to misquote you, but in the spirit of it, oh, I'm gonna do a weird ritual with this.
5: <laughs> oh God! Uh, yeah, that sounds <laughs> and you like got, something I'd say.
1: And you got your tarot reading for the day. So I do have you, to do
5: my tarot reading for the day now. Um, I feel like the the pyramid. I don't can can I do a weird ritual with this card? I think I was probably just like talking up my ass at this guy to make him go away. But No, oh,
1: no, you said that to yourself. So oh. that was just to you. That was just a Doris note to Doris. So Amazing, I don't know what sense. you can do with it, but I'm happy to hear what your ideas are or what you might want to research to build towards.
5: Okay. So it's a it's a pyramid card from his own deck.
1: So it is a card that he snuck into your deck. So the back of it oh, okay. looks exactly like your deck, but the front of it is an image of the pyramid with an all-seeing eye over it, and there are chains hanging down. He used oh. it to menace you, but you managed to hang on to it. Okay. Because he got freaked out and left.
5: Okay. I don't know. The only the thing that I can think about is the idea that, like, because it's an eye into the pyramid, can she do some weird reverse uh, witchcraft where, like... She can tell where he is by like looking into the card or something, or like send Ooh. weird psychic psychic powers through the card and like like a like um voodoo doll.
1: Okay, okay, I like him to, him I like this himself. idea. Um, <laughs>
5: yeah, tell him to go shoot himself. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
5: so fun, guys. This is a fun uh, kids' so podcast.
1: So I would say, can you roll me? A, I would accept intelligence or wits. Intelligence, if you're doing research to try to find the answer. Wits, if you're just kind of going through your magical abilities to try to trust what the, the right answer is. Mm-hmm. And then I would accept a cult or blood sorcery. Oh, uh, we're for gonna you to do research what might be possible.
5: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven dice, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, one, two, three, four, five, five successes.
1: Five successes. Mm -hmm. You think with enough preliminary research and working with the magic that you already have, you may be able to turn this card into a reverse bloodstone. Using the magic you already know of how to track a bloodstone, knowing that this card was owned by Dylan Zane, if you can make the magic work, you can use this card to track where Dylan Zane is because it's been used by him in some kind of occult ritual. So you may be able to track that son of a bitch. Uh, wherever you want in town uh, through this card. This will take you a couple of checks over a couple of nights, but it's very possible. This is your first step tonight. Obviously, you got a large number of successes there, so the first step towards turning this into a reverse bloodstone is complete.
5: Great. She's just going to stare at the card and just say, sleep with one eye open, Dylan.
1: And the (laughs) card will say nothing back to you because it's a card, but... That's still exciting. And we need to see what your, your tarot deck told you about today.
5: Oh, yes.
4: So we got to get that roll.
5: Dope. Reverse bloodstone. I'm going to get him in an alley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so what am I rolling for? It's
1: wits plus a cult.
5: Wits plus a cult. Got it. Six. Am I still taking negative two?
1: Uh, no, because you don't have any aggravated damage, so you would, uh, actually, yeah, right now you would because you haven't had the blood delivery to be able to use it to heal. Mm -hmm. Also, everybody do your morning rouse checks. We'll just say this for the group now so I don't have to track this later.
2: And I passed. I got a 10.
0: I failed.
6: My die did a dramatic kind of last little rollover from a fail to a pass. (laughs) Uh,
5: Okay, that's uh, four successes.
6: Four successes. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: What you flip over is a card with a bat, Mm -hmm. a vampire bat, looking up at the sun, and it just seems gaunt and tired and a little worn, but it's not dying or anything. It just seems to not be doing well. Uh, Just the sun is beating down on it. Mm -hmm. So... That that feels to match your overall injured state and your, your overall mood, and maybe the day is just going to be more of that.
5: Yeah, I, I feel like she just kind of looks at the car and says, "Oh, hello, me." <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's your your morning. You're you're doing these experiments before you go down and join everyone.
5: I like to think that like her hands just have holes in them.
1: <laughs> God. <laughs> then let's say they do. I believe right. that's probably how it worked out. That feels right to me. Just, just a little Swiss cheese Doris.
5: This is a little Swiss cheese Doris. Oh, so she's put little lacy gloves over her hands that like don't hide the bullet holes because yeah. they're made of lace. But um, sure. Oh, yeah.
1: And down in the basement, there have been two chairs set up because it's time for the third therapy session as yes. required by the HR department of the sheriff's office. Val, I, I'm imagining you just want to get these done as quickly as possible. And Everett, you're required to by job. So you both, I guess, sit down if the positions are the same. Val, how would you set up this room? You're the therapist, so you're driving the bus on all of these.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think it's always the same because that's simplest is that Everett gets the one folding chair that isn't broken. Val sits on the corner of a coffin that's pulled over, and just sits <laughs> down and she slicks her hair back. She's kind of grimy looking after last night. <laughs> and all right, I guess we gotta fucking talk again, Tell,
1: And I, t- <laughs> I will just make a note for, for you, Dell, that Val could bring any props she likes from the office if there was some kind of specific psychodrama Val wanted to partake in. Oh my it's goodness. just an option to float.
2: I think we'll we'll consider that for the future since we're <laughs> stuck doing, I think three more. this is the
1: This is the third, I think, or the second. I believe this is the third. The third. Third. This is the third. So you got two more after this.
2: Exactly. So we still got time. (laughs) (laughs) So you'd look at Everett and or you wanna fucking tell me about your friend, whatever the fuck all that shit was about.
6: Well, you mean Harv?
2: I mean if you wanna talk about that, I meant the guy on the fucking phone. The Ridley guy.
6: Oh him. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, I don't know if I'd call him a friend. It's kind of a weird thing of he and I and another, another woman were, uh, well, we were all together, uh, in a, uh, I guess coterie was, is the term, uh, over in Montreal. And, uh, we kind of came up together, if, if that makes any sense, uh. Really, the first uh, vampires I really came into contact with uh, after being turned. He and I don't really see eye to eye on very much, but uh, I found the more time I spent with him, the more it kind of rubbed off on me. I haven't really thought about if I think that's a good thing or not. Anyway, he uh, we cleared out a den of uh, vampire motorcycle gangsters and, and took their bar, took their their whole house, uh, this whole big, big house that they were staying in, cleared them all out. Not a single one of them survived, killed them all. And uh, after all that filthy work, uh, well, Ridley's ma was uh, captured or kidnapped or something by the Noté Nostra, and he started to, you know, lean lean on him, telling him they'd do awful things to her and whatnot if he didn't do what they said. So he's been kind of raising all sorts of hell over in Montreal at the beck and call of the new Noté Nostra for fear that something might happen to his mom. He sent me out here to find her, and, of course, that didn't go according to plan. I went out here with very little information. I didn't even know her name at the time. Supposed to be in Calgary. Not even here in New Haven, I, bu- I believe. And, well, you know, when I got here, I was pulled I hauled out of a box and told, you're the sheriff. And, you know, it's been, it's been go, go, go since then, pretty much. So, it's something I want to do. It's something I want to take care of and do right by him. You know, I don't, uh, he gets on my nerves, but I don't hate him enough to wish anything bad to happen to his mom it's just had a hard time getting things started here and honestly now that I've got some allies some deputies could be uh could be something we could look into now that he's contacted you as well uh, you know I, I could definitely use your help
2: yeah I'm down to fucking help with that it's not a problem but uh this is uh, about you, so I yeah, take it I, you don't much care for all the violence like last night, but you keep getting dra- dragged into it.
6: Yeah, I wouldn't say I care for it. I find uh, in the moment, my body just moves. I fire my gun. I kill people, and afterwards, I have to kind of deal with how that makes me feel. I mean. I can't get over the fact that we're figuratively, a lot of us are figuratively, and all of us are literally monsters. We drink blood. We hunt and prowl at night. It's, how can you not hate yourself?
2: I mean, if we're fucking monsters, then all people are fucking monsters.
6: (laughs) No, no, it's, I don't know, it's it's different. I mean, have you ever, outside of New Haven, had someone, a a person, look at you and realize you were not really human?
2: Definitely, Sheriff Fry. Why?
6: Well, it makes you feel like a monster. Makes you feel, uh, made me feel like, like the monster I believe I am. There was a... There was a woman, she was a a vampire hunter, I guess. She and I got on okay and then I, I went and uh, turned her to save her life. I thought it was the right thing to do. She did not agree. I think she's out there somewhere plotting her revenge. She's probably gonna kill me someday if I don't get killed here first.
2: Yeah, well, sometimes it's nasty how it happens. I mean, look at Clark, but I think she's getting along all right.
6: I don't know that I agree with that. I don't think she's fit to be a police officer, but understand, you know, times being what they are, we don't really have a choice. She's got a lot of trauma to deal with. Maybe. You're going to have to talk to her, probably, in this kind of, you know, therapy basement.
2: Don't, don't give me more fucking work, Sheriff Fry. Yeah,
6: all right, all right. I'm yanking your chain.
2: But sometimes you just get put in situations and you're forced to change or die. And I'd rather change keep on living. And I'd rather that for all of you.
6: All right, well, change or die, I'll keep that in mind.
2: Sure, Fry, after we're done here, can I have a word?
6: Uh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah.
2: But if you want to talk more about your feelings, go ahead. I do not. <laughs> Val kind of get up and be a little awkward, like brushing off her legs and won't look at you while she's talking to you unlike when she's doing therapy she's very (laughs) focused (laughs) Uh, I I talked to Will and now he wants to he wants me to he wants to be a fucking kindred so I, I hope he fucking changes his mind but the laws being what they are I need your permission so I'm asking you i don't want to fuck things up for him because of my shit
6: you gotta you gotta get the sheriff's permission to uh to turn someone is that right the way it normally is supposed to work
2: yeah it's one of the laws remember right right um, Everett,
6: can you roll me a
1: wits and awareness yeah or actually a wits and etiquette would
6: be more accurate Etiquette, you say? Where's yes. my etiquette at? Oh, it's empty. I'm a rude boy. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, so that's two ones on oh, regular no. dice. And a nine on a hunger die. <laughs> for a total of, I think, negative one? Yep.
1: Uh, yep. Plus you a five, are the person who Everett, has yeah. to make this decision. Yeah.
6: No question, it's Everett's decision. It's my decision not to not to let her decide. It's my decision of whether he becomes kindred or not. Whether she's allowed to do it. Whether she's allowed to do it. Okay. <clears throat> uh... Look, I... I do not give you permission to turn him now. Why wouldn't I want to wait? We need to wait until his head's clear of all that blood that he had from your nemesis there. We're, we're, we're We're not honoring any requests he's making under the influence of someone else.
2: Val, Val really stiffened at that at first, and then his clarification she's she nods yeah i don't I don't mean fucking now, hopefully fucking never, but I just well, yeah. wanted to get out ahead of it in case he s- still wants that after well everything's it's flushed. a no now,
6: and you can ask me again later all right <laughs> he's uh he's doing all right, your boy, otherwise. No you know, time in the sale every night. Belle turns
2: around walks out. She doesn't want to talk anymore about it. <laughs> yeah, all right. Hello, listeners all over the world, and especially all you New Havenites out there. This is a special message coming at you from the Nibbler. If you're enjoying this sick, hot content, I know where you can get more of it at the patreon that's right Dum Dums and dice patreon patreon.com slash dum dice there you can get more behind the scenes action want to find out what happens in the episodes before anyone else does well at the five dollar tier you can unlock that it's true that and plenty more to discover your contribution will help the citizens of new haven continue not to fall into oblivion Don't delay. Act now. Operators are standing by on the website. That's right. Just go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Act now and tell them the Nibbler sent you.
1: Evangeline, you've been driving to work. You you pull into the parking lot and you see a massive scrum of journalists, these new vampire and mortal vultures that are outside, all of <laughs> whom start rushing your car, just yelling for quotes. You almost can't hear what they're saying because they're all yelling at the same time. What do you do?
3: Um, uh, I... So Evangeline yeah gets out of her car and kind of starts walking I guess through them and and uh, she's honestly had enough about like being bombarded hmm. by journalists. She doesn't like the unprofessional nature of of what's going on. Um uh so so she says uh look everyone we're as is has has been established we will give a press conference while we'll, where we'll answer any questions. But please, everyone, we there's immediate work to be done. We will answer your questions in due time. There's no danger at the moment.
1: So just... What about the snakes? What about the snake-throwing vampires? What about the ghost snakes?
3: Oh. <laughs> oh, it's about that. <laughs> Uh, there are no... There's no danger of snakes. Uh, no ghost... Ghost snakes? Is that what you said? There's nothing of that sort. Uh, this is what all... What about the video
1: evidence? What What about all the corpses on the roads? We heard an army of ghost snakes cause this. Where's the sheriff? Why are we all getting murdered by snakes?
3: There's... As As I said, there are no snakes. This is... Everything's under control. There, there's there's no threat.
1: Excuse me, Vinlin von Kindred, Ventrue News. Now you say there are no snakes, but we've heard from members of your department that there were snakes coming from the north. It was announced over the loud hailers at the festival that there were snakes coming from the north, the same snakes that killed Cleopatra.
3: Indeed, so so what I can tell you now is that uh, there is no immediate threat. Uh, and we will be giving a press conference uh, to answer all of your questions. Uh, but right now, as I mentioned, uh, there is immediate work to be done, and she just turns and tries to walk in, into the door if she can push her way.
1: But I need more information. And then you just see Barty just shove up in the door and be like, yeah, don't worry about it. We're going to do the conference in like 20 minutes. Fuck off. And he just shoves you in the door, and he's like, yeah, there's, they're really freaked out about the snakes, plus all the death and the, that one... There's like guns I don't it's a you problem. I didn't do the night thing. Good luck. Uh, and he just turns and goes into his office and leaves you there, Evangeline. Can you roll me a wits and awareness?
3: Yeah. Wits
0: and awareness.
3: Ooh, hello, four successes.
1: Four successes. Uh, As Barty leaves, you turn and see Troy at the phones where he normally sits at the desk against the wall. But you see he has a smartphone out and one of Doris's cats is there and it's wearing a little cowboy hat. And he does finger guns at the cat and it turns and like raises a paw and points it at him. And then he's like, oh, this is going to be the best TikTok I've ever made. (laughs) It's going to be so cool. And then he's like, oh God. And he just, he puts it all away and like takes the hat off the cat and pretends he wasn't doing anything. And you managed to catch that before uh, he puts it all away.
3: (laughs) Troy, I don't care. Just don't (laughs) let Doris see you.
1: That's what I was going to say to you. Thanks. Uh, It's just the cat show went so well. So I thought I got to start a catstagram. Yeah, Troy, you deserve a win. (laughs) thanks i had that spaghetti and it just it's starting to make me feel like a person again
3: yeah right on buddy she gives him a thumbs up
1: and he gives her a thumbs up back And he's like
3: do you know anything about social media marketing uh no i can hook you up with someone uh my old news network if if you need
1: great i really want to promote my cats
3: yeah okay yeah sure Yay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and she and she legit will, like, get a contact.
1: Like, Wonderful. He's very excited to start escalating Troy's cats as a, as a show. He's not very great with names, so that's all he's got right now. Uh, and the rest of the crew all come down and uh, move into the central room. Eventually, you've seen the crowd outside. You know that there now has to be a news conference in the next little bit to explain what happened last night. But what does everybody say when they find the gang together? Also Doris is full of holes. Yeah.
5: Um does she, does she see Troy taking pictures of her cats?
1: No, no. He he's, okay. he was he knows when you're coming down the stairs. Okay. Evangeline surprised him.
5: Cuz they cuz that'll that that that's off limits. <laughs> <laughs> you can't steal their souls like that. Um <laughs> Uh yeah, I think I think she would just come down and just say um I was thinking we probably should have kept one alive to question, to see why they were here.
6: Yeah, they seemed uh, pretty hell-bent on not being taken alive, though. We had one kill himself rather than face uh, Doris and I. Although I believe uh, the running theory is that it was a retaliation for our bust a couple nights ago, a little while ago.
3: Right. Well, that was organizing the festival. I mean, do we have anything to confirm that?
6: Well, I don't, I haven't heard back from uh, my mystery caller who put us onto this tip in the first place. They, uh, they offered that up with uh, mentioning that they were looking forward to, uh, you know, cooperation or a friendship of some kind. So clearly that information is, was a bargaining chip for something they probably want from us or me or one of y'all.
5: Would I be able to uh, figure out who these people were
1: if uh, using taste of blood, Ryan? That would only tell you if they were vampires. Oh, uh, okay. You you could go through. Uh, let's do a roll. Uh, could you roll me an intelligence and blood sorcery?
5: Okay. Uh, blood? Oh, right. Um. Okay. <laughs> Five, and then I'm still at negative two, like minus two dice. Yep. So. Burp burp. <laughs> no that's the uh, no successes on that one oh.
1: uh, you don't think you'd be able to just okay. the, the blood at the scene they're already dead they yeah. seem to have all, all of them in a panic seem to have burned through any of the ghoul blood that had been in their system so okay. you could spend days licking various <clears throat> dead blood to hope that some of its kindred but it does not seem like a great use of your time
5: <laughs> that sounds like a party to me
1: <laughs>
5: um right well are we comfortable just assuming that
6: Well, the information was good. So so far, the person who gave us a call is on the level. Now, of course, I don't appreciate not knowing who they are or how to contact them, but they know how to contact us, and I assume we're going to hear from them at some point, probably Mm. probably with a favor to ask of us. Mm. And at that
1: point the front door to the sheriff's office opens and you see the flashing of lights and you hear the, the yelling of journalists. You have Ellen von Kindred, who are you and what are you doing here? Uh, and then this UPS driver just shoves their way in and like closes the door. Uh, and then is like, hi, I'm uh, looking for looks down at the package. The sheriff. Yeah, that'd be me. Okay. Can you, can you sign here? It gives you a form that you got to do the stupid little sign thing. Yep, I do. Can I see the package on this guy, or is it not with him? Uh, he's got it. It's just, it's a little, uh, one of those slightly larger than an envelope sized manila folders. It's padded on both sides. Mm-hmm. You can't see okay. what's within it, but it's clearly not like a box. It's, uh, oh, I was okay. going to
5: say, Doris leers at it anyway, <laughs> Yeah, being like, uh. could they fit an eye in there?
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll, and then, uh, he'll uh, he'll just hand the, the thing to you and be like, all right. Goodbye, uh, and he just turns and opens the door, and they're like, Vinland Lindemann." He's like, "Ah, fuck off!" And he just shoves <laughs> his way out and closes the door, and he's <laughs> off doing his job.
6: Uh, I uh, God, why? I don't know why, but I am super nervous about opening a package. <laughs> um, uh, I say, uh, I'm gonna take this downstairs. I'll be right back. I just want to open it down in the basement so that if it's fucking silver nitrate again or something like that, only I am poisoned or something. Yeah.
1: Okay, so Everett takes uh, the letter downstairs. Uh, Do the rest of you want to address the press without him as they are growing crazier outside?
5: I think Doris saw the flashing lights and she's just like, what do they
3: want? Well, they seem to want answers about the snake problem. <laughs> oh, I can talk about the snakes. Say, and how I, they don't exist.
1: Eventually, I, I don't think you heard the snake song, so you're not aware of this is a problem. Yeah,
3: <laughs> right, that's true. It's like,
1: you were busy singing Closing Time in another room, so you couldn't oh hear it. <laughs>
3: yeah, why do they think that snakes are,
2: like, were coming from the north? Like, what? <laughs> Solved a problem at the moment. Now we have another fucking problem afterwards. I sung yeah.
5: about snakes to get everyone out. It was a last minute decision.
3: okay, it, it was effective i clearly, uh I can talk to them. N- no um <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think I think our position is that you know we became aware of an impending threat and wanted everyone to get out without causing a panic but then we did cause a panic just for a different reason (laughs) but please Uh, assure
5: them that snakes are actually quite
3: lovely and useful uh i i'm not gonna do that um even though i agree i agree um
1: Down in the basement. Everett, you you have the package. There's a specific way you want to open it. Again, it's a, it's a manila style padded envelope. Yeah. It's got an address for you on the front. There's no return address. And it's just got one of those easy kind of peel strips that says, you know, pull
6: yeah. here to open. Yeah, you've given me all the information Everett would be looking for. Like he's turning it over in his hands. He's like, what could this be? Is it dangerous? Everyone in this town is fucking crazy and dramatic. Is it just going to be a letter or is it something fucked up? Uh, and he's going to tear the seal in and open it. Pull, what you
1: pull out is a small cardstock message that has been folded in half and is tied with a black ribbon. Uh, it is it is very delicate, but also very firm. It seems high quality. It would make Patrick Bateman in American Psycho extremely uncomfortable with how well-designed <laughs> it is. Uh, you have to untie it to open it.
6: At, at beautiful... You know, a uh, cardstock folded in half with a black ribbon. Everett's already just like, oh, all right, and just like, <laughs> this could have been an email, uh, and just <laughs> opens opens it.
1: Uh, once you untie it and f- fold it open, you see written in beautiful calligraphy inside it. Uh, it just reads, "The Neo Note Nostra invite you to parley." And it gives you a date two weeks from now, a specific time, and it lists the location as the Blue Rose Hotel.
6: The North Palace Ballroom. Uh, I'm assuming that this is an invitation uh, out of New Haven. They're not inviting themselves to parlay in our town.
1: No, they're inviting you to Calgary to their their building. The address is given in Calgary.
6: I am just noting this down. Thank you. Uh, Sorry, what is the name of the place that they wanted to meet at? The Blue
1: Rose Hotel. It does not have significance to you. It would have tremendous significance to the other three people if you show them this letter. Right, yeah. Because
6: I was a different guy then, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Look, uh, uh, is there anything, uh, is, is it
1: handwritten or is it printed or? Handwritten. So it's it's been done in calligraphy by a very steady right, okay. and flowery hand, uh, but also very officious. Uh, if you wanted to do like some kind of like textual analysis of the handwriting, you could roll me an intelligence
6: and an investigation. Uh, Sure. Sh- no, 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 no. It, it was more to, uh, actually to make a decision on if, if someone, uh, handwriting feels more personal um and therefore uh everett's immediate thinking is uh, maybe doris can i don't know connect with the author of this or something probably better than if it was tapped up and printed out so he'll bring it back up knowing now that it's not laced with vampire anthrax or whatever that <laughs> equivalent would be
1: <laughs> yep and it is it is signed uh his excellency felix sanguino
5: feel like you come into the conversation and you just hear, like, um... And if you want to roast a snake for sustenance, you just have to pack it in mud and hold it over a fire. Unless it's venomous, in which case you have to cut the head off first. Tell them that.
6: Um... Are, are we, uh... Are we advising about how to eat a snake?
3: Well, what we're trying to do is, uh assure everyone that there isn't a snake problem which everyone is now convinced that there is because uh, you all can convinced everyone that there was a snake problem to get them away from the friendship festival oh,
6: i was the one who right.
5: sang the saint song i can i can tell them that well, it wasn't I, true
6: i think evangeline has got kind of a knack for facing the public and informing them about our affairs and Officer Clark, you're on the right track of we will tell them that there were no snakes, uh, but we need to kind of uh, take a few steps, uh, uh, take them on a few steps with us kind of thing. We can't just say there were no snakes. What you want to say is you tell them that we're going to actually put together a snake task force. I will have Barty get a handful of officers and send them off to where the Friendship Festival was to investigate.
5: I'll lead it.
6: No, no, you won't. Uh... <laughs> Because there is no real snake task force. It's just going to be having some officers take a look around there. And then we tell them that they came up with nothing and that it was likely a prank of someone using the PA system to scare a bunch of folk away from the Friendship Festival. We can also tell them that we successfully fended off an attack from the Note Nostra. That would explain all the dead bodies in the street and no harm came to any New Haven residents as a result of our efforts.
3: Do you want to give this press conference? Honestly, no, like... No,
6: I do not, because I am not charismatic. People do not trust me, and honestly, I do not blame them. People trust you, Evangeline. Evangeline. You tell
1: them the weather. Can you roll me a charis- or a manipulation and deception? Or I guess whatever they are. They've Persuasion? A there. Persuasion, there we go. But you get your bonus because yeah. it's a lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: oh no oh no that's a bestial failure (laughs) 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 what (laughs) (laughs) oh no
1: you go
2: outside
1: so ready to relay these stories just absolutely so ready and you're prepared. You've got everything in. The whole press are being quiet. They're all ready to listen. And then what's the first sentence that you say?
3: Um, uh, it's it's thank you all for your patience.
1: Yep, and then you are interrupted right then by by Vinland von Kindred, Ventru News, what the hell do you, and something inside you just breaks because <laughs> oh, no. you told him there would be a talk, you laid out the rules earlier, you came out at the time, you thanked them for their patience and he interrupted you. So you just grab him by the throat and lift him up off the ground as you get cat eyes and cat ear tips And fangs. And what do you say to him to make him be professional?
5: (laughs) Say, there is no snake
3: problem.
1: (laughs) And what do you do next?
3: I mean, what am I allowed to do? It's a bestial failure.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, you can pitch something bestial failure or I can. (laughs) Um... It's your beast. Here's the thing. It's not going to be nice. You got to demonstrate dominance. Oh, does he have a car? Does he have a car?
3: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, he he absolutely does. It's a banana yellow roadster. Oh, then
3: I think Evangeline just like... (laughs) This is a very bestial failure of Evangeline now, I've decided. uh, To just grab... So she has him by by the throat, and she just like basically walks... It's like a frog march, but he's in the air, walks to his car, opens the door, puts him in, puts his seatbelt on, his hands on the steering wheel, and be like, leave.
1: Evangeline has not noticed the massive crowd that parted around the two of them as she did this. And then Vinland just goes, Vinland von Kindred, signing off. Uh, And he just pulls out and drives away. And you turn back to the rest of the crowd, and they're like... No more questions. Uh, and they all just, like, fuck off and leave. No. And then you turn <laughs> no. and go back inside where you realize what's happened. And to the rest of you, Evangeline is now visibly a cat
6: person.
3: Sheriff, what? you should have done the press conference. <laughs>
6: <laughs> what happened? Are you a cat? Why do you cat? look like that?
3: I. Uh, uh... <laughs> And she just puts her like head in her hands, just like hiding her face.
6: Everett looks pointedly at, at Officer Miller just thinking about the last thing he said to her about Evangeline Clark's suitability as a police officer. <laughs> Can you roll me a wits and awareness, Everett? Yeah.
1: Three successes. You know that Val and Evangeline get along, and you also know that you are the sheriff, so you have the ability to assign therapy to Evangeline with Val if you want to.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I will be doing that, but... (sighs) Maybe not at this second, but you just did in general. It's it's like, it feels like... (laughs) I think Everett likely has the wherewithal to know that if someone is in the middle of... Like a personal crisis, you don't in like the lobby of the building be like therapy. Just point to them <laughs> kind of
2: thing. So,
6: yes, he will try to be more tactful and just kind of file that away to discuss later. Yes,
2: I, I think as soon as Everett gives Val a look over this, Val will, as Evangeline's just hiding her face, put an arm around Evangeline's shoulders and walk her off to the bathroom, like just to get her oh, some alone nice. time and. And like march her, push the door open, and put her in the bathroom, and like lean against the door so no one else comes in.
1: I was gonna say, so when you're leaning against the door, are you on the inside of the bathroom with her, or did you put her in the bathroom and stay outside leaning against the door?
2: No, Val, stay inside. Val, stay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like, uh, and we'll just
4: that's so nice. Put her,
2: put her up against the sink, and then lean against the door. What, what happened, Clark? It's that fucking villain von kindred i
3: i i'm going to tear him apart
2: yeah he'd, he'd fucking deserve that but i yeah. guess we shouldn't kill the media i mean you told me that i know i just got so angry yeah i happen well take a minute you need anything uh percy all right Val goes out to try and find Percy.
1: Percy's just sitting at Evangeline's desk. He was waiting for the conference to be over.
2: Val will slowly put hands out towards Percy. You you come. Or you want me to <laughs> fucking carry you? Talking to this dog straight on.
1: <laughs> Great. Can you roll me a charisma and animal Ken?
2: Oh boy, here we go. Let's see what happens. One success.
1: Percy looks at you, just, like, shakes his head and does one of those, like, (laughs) disgusted dog sighs and then just, like, goes to the bathroom. Like, you were not a necessary part of this engagement and he's not pretending to you you were.
2: Yeah. All right. Now Val will let Percy in and then be outside the door. (laughs)
1: Percy will come into Evangeline and just
3: Evangeline sitting on the floor of the bathroom just wants to have a little cuddle with Percy until she <laughs> calms down.
1: Yep. He's totally on board for that. He goes over. He's quite happy to see you. He's disappointed in Val yep. for a lack of like pleasantness. <laughs> so you two have your moment. Meanwhile, outside Everett, your cell phone rings and it is an unlisted number.
6: Uh, before answering, I will say to the team, uh, oh, hang on. I think I know who this might be. I think this is the informant. Uh, the only person with you right now is Doris. Oh, I thought the bathroom was
1: close enough that Val would be around. That's fine. Uh, uh, I mean, Val might be able to overhear it. I don't think Evangeline can.
6: Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, just, uh, I think, uh, I think this is the person we were talking about just earlier this evening.
4: And I'm going to answer. Hello? Hello, Sheriff. It is wonderful to speak with you. I assume you saw off your little problem last night?
6: Yeah. Yeah, we did. Thank you.
4: No problem whatsoever. You know, these are the things we can do for each other as friends. Now you know that I am valuable, I know things, you know things. I feel like we should meet perhaps on this same day you've been invited to Calgary already. The little parlay I bet you received from Mr. Sanguino.
6: Yeah, uh, Everett's holding the note in his hand and looks at it again and says, uh, Now how do you know about that?
4: Well, uh, you know, I have little birds outside many windows who bring me little secrets from the creatures of the night. So, if you've ever heard the name of Spot, then you've heard of me.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: What, like, like a dog? No, not like a dog, like a whisper in the night of great importance who can bring you gifts or can bring you punishment. Uh, Don't you uh, want to befriend someone who can let you know when there's going to be an assault on your little town? Maybe not like a dog, no? You're
6: right, you're right. I, I, I apologize, sorry. So you're, you're Spot? I, I I call you Spot then?
4: Yes, yes. You know, the little dot at the bottom of the page, the one that you may not notice, but that haunts you for the rest of your days. The <laughs> thing a lawyer the page. <laughs> maybe misses in a contract that can control your life. All right, Spot, then. You want to meet?
6: Where are we going to yes. meet?
4: I'll send you a little note, maybe a little message the night before, but know that before you parley with them, come parley with Spot and... Maybe we can form a friendship that will carry us through the ages, Sheriff. Now, why would you want to be friends with me? Well, let's just say, you know, as immortals, we all need our backs scratched every once in a while. I know secrets, I have friends. You need secrets, you need friends, but you have something I want, Sheriff, and I would love to trade. What do I have that you want? Let's talk, Sheriff. I want to be clear on who you are and have you know who I am. And at the end, maybe then we'll be able to share some little secrets, expose our hearts to each other. Have those big feels together.
6: I'm not a big feels kind of guy, Spot. I do like to know what I'm walking
4: into, though. Fabulous you're walking into a meeting with someone who saved your town from a massacre all right, all right, clearly telling this isn't going to get
6: much for, he's not going to get much more out of spot. he's spot's a much more uh talented speaker than ever it is uh he'll say um all right, well, I look forward to receiving your message on when and where to meet then spot.
4: And I look forward to meeting you in person, Sheriff, you and your little friends. This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. We can be allies to the end. Also, you already said yes, so end of conversation.
1: Uh, and Spot just
6: hangs up and a phone call's over. Yeah, are you, yeah.
5: Were you talking to a dog?
6: No, I was uh, speaking to someone who has asked me to call them just Spot. And uh, sure enough, they are the one who gave us uh, very good information about that impending Neo-Note Nostra attack. Uh, By the way, hold up the page. We've been invited to parlay with uh, the self-same Note Nostra and...
5: uh, The ones who just tried to kill us.
6: Evangeline, you heard that last bit, so you're coming
1: out of the bathroom. Val, you're also part of this conversation now. all right, cool.
5: Why would we want to go parlay with people who just tried to kill us? In my experience, it doesn't end well.
6: I can't help but see a real good point there, Officer Barbara. However, if it gives us an opportunity to negotiate peace, that's one thing. If it gives us an opportunity to wipe them out and kill them all, that's another thing. And this, uh, spot character who I just got off the phone with, Officer Clark, Officer Miller, uh, has informed me that they would like to meet before this parlay with the Note Nostra in order to trade something. He says I have something that he wants. I can't really imagine what that would be at this time. (coughs) He's not a dog, Officer Barber. He's not not a dog.
5: Well, then he shouldn't have picked such a silly name.
6: Well, I agree with you, but here we are. Well, yeah.
2: maybe Barbara's I'm gonna not ha- too I'm far gonna... off. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to. Uh... What this person wants is control over you.
6: Oh. Oh, right. Uh. Well, that, that seems to be what. All along. Right, okay. <laughs> that seems to be something that uh, a lot of folks are interested in having, it would seem. Um Look, I don't know what to make of this fella yet. I mean, the information about the attack was good, but I don't know if that means giving up whatever it is he wants. He won't tell me over the phone. We gotta meet him. And it sounds like we're heading to Calgary, which uh, I don't know how the locals here are gonna take to that information or if we need to keep it from them. And at that point, the front door opens.
1: And Dr. Kate Holloway, who is currently running General Hospital, walks in. She has a cooler in one hand and a very strained look on her face. And she sets the cooler down on the desk between you all and says, all right, here's your uh, your blood delivery. Uh, I've got uh, bad news and worse news. Which do you want first?
6: Let's have the bad news, I guess. Stella Carson is dying.
0: Oh, No.
1: And the worst news is, we're running out of blood.
0: This episode of Blood & Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter.
1: omg it's big nick d and d and things norma byers schrodinger's pepper guy edwards flea unit madre de Gatos. lady maiden melissa rain nithrian garbo ape and jill and noel Laplante. if you want your name to be added to this list you can join our patreon too at patreon.com slash dumb dice thanks to them and a little
6: bit of thanks to you